I have to give you what my uh, just most honest impression is. And by the way, um, something to remember for later on in the night, that um, honesty, transparency, when you're really vulnerable, and we can be as honest as you can with others and with the Lord, that equals significance. So if you're looking for more significance for just, huh, in your friendships and your relationships, I would just encourage you to uh, invite more honesty, to uh, take risks that are relational, and um, just, uh, I just think that's something. Oh, by the way, guys, you know, we don't get that as well as gals do. Uh, uh, guys will, you know, something significant for us as we go shoot hoops, and that's perfectly okay. Uh, but gals, when you have a conversation at 3 o'clock in the morning, um, that's, uh, that's something we need to learn from. So, um, so just an honest uh, sort of impression as I kind of came up here. My heart couldn't be more warm towards people your age. I, just, uh, I have a son who's a junior in college and a daughter who's a, who's a freshman. So it just really is a privilege uh, to be here um, uh, this evening. Uh, my name's Enrique. You can call me Q. I work over at NAS. I'm one of the old guys. I've been around in ministry for a long time. And another impression that I had here is that I'm just grateful for um, the relationships that are in this room. As I hear you guys kind of talk and chatter, um, I'm really grateful that I've been able to lean in the past few years a little more into college ministry, that there's some people that I've gotten to know and work well. So like, you know, a little chat about baseball with Ben Fienup over here, you know, before we get started. Uh, it's good to work with Sarah Rockow and Carter and uh, have a little chat with Brittany. So it's just kind of cool that I kind of know some names. Can I get some Jamaica love here? All right. So a few of us are heading to Jamaica in a little bit, so that's really cool. Uh, one of my best friends in the world is, uh, oh, Nate, sorry, yeah. Um, Nate and I French kiss every once in a while. Um, <clears throat> right? We don't anymore. My wife got a little upset that we were going to, just kidding, just kidding. Way to start spiritual, Enrique. Uh, so anyway, it's just good to be here. Um, I, uh, we're doing actually a series that was inspired by one of the things that uh, the college, I think, Carter brought back that I know BASIC has been, um, it's really been a charter for how you guys go about doing ministry, which is the BLESS model. So we're actually doing a series on that at Nazareth during our Lenten journey. So um, uh, B stands for? Why don't we do that? Let me, uh, let me pray. Father, um, just want to do exactly that. We want to begin by lifting up your name and just asking that by your spirit, as we already sung, but we want to say it in words, you are welcome here. Um, just uh, we invite you into uh, this evening and into our relationships and into our conversations. Father, we ask that as we dive into your word a little bit and try to do just some digging into who it is that we are, who it is that you are, who it is that we plural are, we just ask that you would lead and guide. Thank you that we can trust you um, with everything that we have. Um, thank you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, I want to dive in. Um, I think we're kicking off a series. Drop the mic. There's going to be some microphones that are going to be going around later. Uh, but what we wanted to do is just try to make a, a, just a fresh approach to, uh, um, to Bible study. How do we intersect with uh, God's Word? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But I want to start by sharing with you and just kind of, I want you to test this. So again, this is pretty informal. My notes are actually most of the slides. So this isn't anything really scripted. This is just coming from Uncle Q. Um, here's, here's something that I think could be extremely valuable for you not only to ask now, but to continually ask yourself and to, continue be, to continually to be aware of this process called learning. And one of the things that I want to make sure that you are aware of, I just want to name it because there's no excuses. As an adult learner, you are responsible for your own learning. As an adult learner, you are 100% responsible now for how you learn. So you can't blame your parents. You can't blame a boring teacher. You can't blame something that I did or didn't understand. You, whatever it is that you are going to learn and the, and the, and the learning curve that you're on, 
you are, as an adult, now 100% responsible for your own learning. So uh, embrace that. And there is literally unlimited things that I think God would want us to learn and to grow from. Uh, so what I want you to do is this. I want you to unpack this. I want you to find someone. At first, I was going to let those of you that are introverts off the hook. And I was going to say, you know, I'm just, just pointing. I'm a thinker. I don't want to talk. I'm a thinker. So I know some of you are introvert. Forgive me. I understand that. Actually, I'm kind of an introvert myself with high extrovert skills, whatever that means. That's what comes out on those tests. But... Uh, <laughs> But here's what I want you to do, and this is why I think it's important. So uh, uh, with one person, maybe two at the most, no more than three, but somebody that's sitting next to you, and sometimes there'll be an odd person out, so invite them in so it's a group of three, but I want you to, as clearly as you can, with words, describe a picture, and I want you to describe this. Where are you when you are learning at a high rate of speed? Now, we'll be doing a bunch of things on any given day where we're learning, but where are you learning really rapidly where are you where you just know that that learning balloon bubble it's just like growing big and like it's just this is significant so i want you what are are you in a classroom are you on top of a mountain are you um 10 minutes before you fall asleep i don't know what is it are you shooting hoops are you on on the phone at three o'clock in the morning where give as clear of a picture to the person that you're talking to as far as where are you learning at a high rate of speed uh, for me, I'll tell you what mine is. Mine is usually when I'm conversation with someone. Uh, me learning at a high rate of speed was always in conversations with my dad. It's going to be four years this March that he passed away, so I really miss the learning that I get from my dad. Um, Steve, who's one of my best friends, uh, me learning at a high rate of speed is on going, heading up to Wisconsin, six, seven hours in a car, just talking and yakking and being honest with one another. So, okay, so you share that with someone else. Where are you learning at a high rate of speed? Talk about Yet, if you haven't switched yet, go to the next person. So, what I hope you'll do with that information is just test it over time. So, um, since you're responsible for your own lear learning, put yourself as best as you can in situations where you actually are learning. And what does that look like? And continue to do it. So I want to, uh, there's something called, um, and this, this is, well, you're, we're in a university, so we might as well talk about it. Maybe this isn't new to uh, those of us in the room, but there's something called the VAK styles of learning, the VAC styles of learning. And what it is, primarily, they'll break down styles of learning, and most everyone will have at least one, if not two, top learning styles. But there's three general learning styles. The first one is, and uh, there's a percentage of people in general, the population that have this learning style. The first one is visual. So a lot of you will learn through your eyes. Uh, Brittany and I were just talking about my wife a little while ago. She's one of the docs at the clinic. My wife is such an incredible, almost an exclusive visual learner. What she learns comes through her eyes. She's a voracious reader, and she just has to see it. That's how she learns it. It has to go through her eyes. And my mom is one of those, too. So visual is one of the styles of learning. So what I want you to do is think, could that be maybe my top style of learning? When you're learning rapidly, 
Is it going through your eyes? By the way, those that learn visually are around 40% of the population. Okay, so, and we'll raise our hands a little bit and see if that kind of fleshes out here. Um, the second style, the A, is there are visual learners, there are audio learners. So the people that learn through their ears, actually, I'm one of those. So I learn at my best when things are going through my ears. Uh, man, if I become deaf, which I probably will because I played a lot of loud electric guitar, I'm going to be in trouble. Um, but I do learn through my ears. So you have to hear it. You just kind of like you savor things with your ears. If a lecture is really interesting and you're an audio learner, dude, you could stay there all week. Because if it's grabbing your attention, if it's going, podcasts, you love them. You're the kind that listens to music and you're exhausted after five or six songs because you're just learning. Oh, oh, oh God, you hear that bass line? Dude, that was a spruce top on that acoustic guitar. <laughs> um, I walked in. Did anybody hear what I said right away? I even walked in and I said, I knew Chris was playing a Telecaster. I recognize a Telecaster. So I looked at, there's the Tele. <laughs> I'm an audio learner. Okay. Uh, Audio learners are only 10% of the population. That's it. So I actually went too long on audio learner because I'm one, but if only less than 10% of you are, you're like already bored silly. So uh, the third style, the K is kinetic. Kinetic is, dude, <laughs> I want to see it, I want to hear it, I just got to do it. So like it has to like, you, you have to be engaged almost full body in it. There's this kinetic way of learning, just got to actually get it done. And the kinetic learners, by the way, in schools, schools are set up very poorly for kinetic learners. Schools are almost exclusively set up for, what do you think, what kind of learner? The visual. The visual and the audio. But yet, 50% of the population are kinetic. 50% of us. Okay, so having said that, how many think that at the, at rising to the top, your preferred style of learning is visual? I read through my eyes. A lot of college students, you're probably good students, visual, okay? Raise your hand if you're an audio learner. You think you're an audio learner. This is fleshing out just about exactly right. Raise your hand if you're a kinetic learner. I just gotta, I gotta do it. Oh my goodness. So it rings true, don't you think? So pay attention to your learning style. So now let's turn the corner into the Word of God. You are responsible for your learning. Uh, and that includes spiritually speaking as well. So here's a question that, again, I want you to talk with the person that you were talking to before. And there's a little bit of a wrinkle in here. What I want you to do is share, how do you interact with God's word? So share a little bit how in, on, on any given day or week, what is it, how are you about what is going on when you are interacting with, with God's word? And in, if you're able to even answer this question, there's a little parenthesis. Are you able to answer this question? How do you best, do you know this already? How do you best interact with God's Word? Because there are different ways. We could listen to God's Word on church on Sunday. I can get up early in the morning and read my Bible. I can listen, listen to it on, on my iPad or whatever it is. So whatever is most appropriate for you, how do you tend to interact with God's Word? And if you have an answer for that one, how do you best interact? Talk for about a couple minutes or less. Go.
All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I mean that. Uh, in a minute, we're going to need the microphone, but uh, for now, how many of you, uh, raise your hand if you were able, if you are able to answer the question, I know how I best interact with God's Word. Raise your hand if you have an answer for that. It's honest. Could somebody yell one out? How do you best interact with God's words? Just so yell out what that might look like or be. In groups. In groups. Excellent. Reading it, by myself. Reading it by yourself. Any time of the day? Awesome. Another best way of interacting. Giving back. Giving back? Explain, Steve. I'm gonna... Volunteering, helping people that need help. Oh, okay. So like living it out. Excellent. That's a faith growth experience. I love it. Anything else? How do you best interact? Memorizing. Memorizing. Love it. Memorizing. Yep, that's a discipline that some people definitely have. Awesome. Uh, music. God's word, script, worship. Yeah, duh. Good. Excellent. Okay, all right, good. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a VAK reading of Scripture. Carter called me um, several weeks ago and said, hey, we're going to do um, 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 the Sermon on the Mount. Is there a chunk that you want? And right away I felt led to say, hey, I want to do this, this chunk in the, in the Sermon on the Mount that has to do with loving your enemies, not knowing exactly what was going to happen with it. Um, so what we're going to do right now is we're going to do a VAK, a visual, audio, and kinetic um, kind of deal where we're going to go through this passage of Scripture. And here's my hope. I'm hoping that we can interact, we can intersect with God's word in a way that we can invite him to say something into our lives, both us and us, in a way that we can walk away saying something significant happened. I learned something. There was an impression that was made on my heart that as I walk out of here, it really matters. So what we're going to do is we're going to read this chunk of Scripture from the Sermon on the Mount, the Love Your Enemies part. It's Matthew 5, 43, and 48, and we're going to do it in three ways. Someone's going to grab a microphone, and could I ask for a volunteer to maybe read it from the screen? Would somebody be willing? Uh, you're a reader. Would you mind reading it? Would you be okay? It's going to go on the screen? Yeah, would you? Yeah, the, 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 the morning reader girl. Okay, so Nathan, if you wouldn't mind giving her the microphone. Then we're going to um, um, all stand and like move around or whatever if you want to and just kind of kinetically read it together. I know that's really cheesy, but it's the only thing I could think of. And uh, then we're going to do one more at the end where we're just going to, I'm just going to invite all of us to like quietly listen as I read it one more time. So um, what's your name? Mercedes. 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 <laughs> that's a great name in Spanish, Mercedes. Thank you. Uh, so Matthew 5. 4348, and it's going to scroll across, and so let's read it visually, and um, Mercedes is going to read it um, for us. You have heard it said, you have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good, and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what, re what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are, you, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Thank you. Okay, I'd like everyone to stand up. There will be no rhythm or rhyme to this. I want you to read the passage kind of on your own. Um, ben, on, I mean, uh, uh, Andrew is on his own, is going to try to follow along. So I don't want this to be a group reading. I want this to be you kinetically getting into it. 
Again, this is intersecting with God's word. And a majority of us in this room are kinetic learners. So do what you got. If you got to sing it, sing it. If you need to read it loud and deliberately and like a big old chunk, there's a kinetic person right there, okay? Do whatever. If you need to whisper it quietly to yourself, I don't care. But if you want to jump around, you want to head, uh, some of you need to wrap it. Whatever it is. Okay, so on the count of three, just do your own pace. And when I kind of hear the din down, then we'll be done. Ready? Go. You've heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are you not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. If you're done, have a seat. My prayer is that God would really meet us as we read his word. So I'm going to invite you to bow your head and listen, listen, listen. In a marrow bone, as a favorite teacher of mine used to say, listen with your bone marrow at what God's word has to say to us. Matthew 5, 43 through 48, love your enemies. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Be perfect. Therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Quietly, Andrew's going to scroll it one more time with no talking. Just read it one more time at the pace that Andrew goes. Answer this question in your heart. No words except to your Father in heaven.
what shimmers from the words that you read, what sticks out? What is making an impression on you right now? What stands out to you as really important from God's holy word? Put that in words in your head, in your heart. Say it out loud to yourself quietly. What we just finished doing is something that's been going on for literally centuries and centuries in the church. And it's something that's called Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina. And that's a Latin phrase for divine reading. Again, literally, for centuries, what people have done is they've taken passages of Scripture and they've just dwelt in them for an extended period of time. They'll read it again and again and sing it and plead with God, allow for what your truth is for me to get it in such a way that it penetrates my sinful and often dense and thick head and heart. Lectio Divina, which is something we seem to not have time to do in our day and age, where the key, by the way, when you're a child, one of the key things for children is repetition. Do it over and over and over again. I remember my kids, daddy again, daddy again, daddy again, daddy again, daddy again. That's how they learn. Wouldn't it be great if God heard us say to him, Daddy again, Daddy again. Lectio Divina, divine reading. And the key to this style of Bible study, of interaction with God's word, of word of God absorption is this. The focus is not so much, and a lot of you are into this, and this is great, but the focus is not so much theological analysis of a biblical passage. We could have broken down this passage in different ways, we could have done a Bible study on what's an enemy and what does God mean by be perfect, you know, da da da. We could, you know, do cross references in different verses. But Lectio Divina is not so much a theological analysis of a biblical passage, but it's viewing Scripture with Jesus, with Christ as the key to its meaning. What Jesus has done for us by his death on the cross is that he allowed he, what he was able to make happen was to bring between God and us a right relationship. Sin has blocked that way of us connecting with God that is not possible as long as sin is in our lives and because Jesus is looked upon by God and his sacrifice is sufficient and as he sees you and me wanting to put our faith and trust in him for what he's done for us, what happens in our lives is we have the incredible blessing and privilege of having a restored, the possibility is there for us to have a restored relationship with God. And by the way, Scripture is the story of Jesus, old and new. So with Christ as the key that unlocks the meaning of God's word in right relationship with him in our hearts, 
what might we be able to learn? So here's what I'd like for us to do. And again, remember I said courage, vulnerability, transparency, somebody taking risks that will equal significant learning and a significant time for us. So there's going to be three microphones wandering around the room. And what I would like for you to do in the time that we kind of have, just raise your hand and it would be awesome. By the way, you might learn more from one another in peer learning than it would be from an old guy from like me. So um, if there would be a few people that could honestly uh, respond to what has been going on as we've read these scriptures through this Lectio Divina, that could be a blessing more than you could possibly know. So I want to give you two options. As, you, as we've read this passage and as you've absorbed even like a part of it or all of it, here's what I want you to answer publicly with a microphone as a blessing for all of us and for you, these two questions, one of these two. What might Jesus be asking in this passage about loving your enemies of us, us collective, us as a culture, us as the people that come to basic on a Thursday night, those of us that want our lives to be counting for the sake of Jesus. And I want you to think as broad and as wide as you can. Again, let God's spirit give you a snapshot. Maybe us, it has to do with how we're going to talk about one another in this crazy political season. I don't know. Or, what is Jesus asking of you? What's Jesus, what might he be inviting you to truly consider in a deep way? And I don't know how the enemy thing might shimmer in you. Maybe it has something to do with your roommate. Maybe this has something to do with the home that you came from. I don't know. Andrew's going to write some of these responses on the computer as people share, just kind of a synopsis. But would someone be heavy, would have the courage to start? Raise your hand. What might Jesus be asking of us? Or what might Jesus be asking of you? He wants us to view each other as he views them. What was the, he wants us to what? He wants us to see each other as he sees us. He wants us to see each other as he sees us. How might that be? How do you think he sees us? Um, I don't know. He just has a lot of love and, you know, righteousness and he's just very caring and forgiving and patient. And, yeah. By the way, um, uh, God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. So whether we're good or evil, God loves us enough to send us both the sun and the rain. That's how he wants us to see each other. Awesome. Anybody else? I think Jesus is asking um, personally of me just to trust in his light that shines through me even though I may not feel it, that people who may not believe in him could see a glimpse of, of hope and just trust in that even though I don't always feel like it's happening, but yeah, just trusting in him. Even when you think you're having a bad day, yeah. trusting that God can work through you even so. Yeah. Awesome.
Thank you. Anyone else? Go ahead, Lindsay, thanks. Um, I feel like the section about praying for your enemies stood out and um, or like praying for those who opposed you. So I feel like Jesus may be asking like me to do more intercession for others and to like see others as he sees us, like he said, and pray over them. Pray for everyone, even those that oppose you, not just the ones you like. Um, what I'm thinking of is how, um, as, uh, what Jesus is asking of me and what I'm thinking of is how the best way to love on your enemy is. And I think that way is to show them Jesus and to, um, give this light to them to shine in the darkness. Show them Jesus light. On my left, oh, thanks, Lindsay. Say that again. To grow through our suffering. Like uh, when we love our enemies, we just grow and not dwell in our sadness. Did you get that, Andrew? I love that. Understanding that suffering can help us grow. Not be afraid of it, right? Good. Um, I think as Christians, we're like called to be more Christ-like and to be more Christ-like like Jesus was, we need to be more accepting of everyone. Like, he welcomed sinners into his family. And as we, like, um, focus on this message to love your enemies, like, we need to be more like Jesus in that and, like, just be bold and reach out. I think that's what uh, yeah. God's been telling me and all of us. Yeah. Be bold, reach out, be welcoming of enemies. I was a part of a group in, in college that we had this, we wanted to have, we wanted to be known for this attitude, a, uh, hey, you, come here and sit down. Come here with us. Just non-verbally and verbally say we wanted that welcoming kind of attitude. Somebody back here? Um, I know that sometimes I'm my own enemy, and so to, like, love myself even when I don't like myself or hate myself, to, oh, yeah, love myself that's... even if I view myself as an enemy. Raise your hand if you think that's true of you sometimes, that sometimes I'm the enemy. And maybe the person that needs the most of God's grace on any given day might be I need to give myself a break. That's fantastic. A couple more. I know you. Hi, Q. Um... I think the second part of the verse, it says something like, if you only reach out to those you know, then like, what are you really doing? Like you're staying within a comfort zone and I think it's really important that like, I'm really outgoing. So like if you can use that as like a gift that God has given you and like helping others like get involved and like if you see somebody that's like by themselves or like someone's that like, that's not normally in your group or whatever, like it's like really important to sh like shine that light to like, shine God's light through you to others, like not just like if you're only with your friends, like you need to reach out to people who aren't like you because they're going to show you more than you will ever know and you will learn so much from them that you might not even be, like you'll be surprised. God puts gifts on everyone for you. So, yeah. A little bit of outreach can go a long way. Yeah, exactly. Lindsay? 
I think if we're claiming to have Christ, then how are we living different than non-believers? So that's the key. So again, I got to be careful with my language sometimes, but um, uh, like I would, in Q standard version, you know, if even the tax collectors are nice to one another, you know, because tax collectors were, you know, douchebags back then, and, and douchebags can be nice to douchebags, you know? <laughs> but, but when we're asked to be, when I, <laughs> see what I'm getting at? <laughs> it's not to our credit, because even these guys can be nice to one another. But being nice to someone who is actively actively speaking against you or us. That's where it really kicks in. Um, I love everyone's, not everything, but everyone's on a Facebook. Everybody see that one? It was, it was kind of rolling around the other day where there was a, an African-American family that was going through the drive-thru and they were waiting to pick up there and they were taking a long time. And so the people in the back, they'd both already paid or they had both already ordered, ordered their food. And so the guys in the back, they were waiting up front and so they hollered to the African-American family that was in the front, hey, effing enters. I don't have to fill in the blank. Hurry up. Holy cow. The guy, the dad said, what are they, why would they yell at that, at that, like that at us for? So the dad, the African-American dad, asked for two checks. He asked for the check of the people that were in the back. And he wrote a note and said, I heard that you called us, effing whatever it is, but we love you. Enjoy your dinner. And when they came through, they had, what would that do to them on the inside? Another quick story that I heard, I'm into a, I'm an audio learner, this guy, Eric Metaxas. I love, he interviews people better than anyone I know. So he was talking to one guy who said, he told of a story that there were two guys, there was this confrontation between a biker gang and two guys who were kind of going after another and one guy spit in the other guy's face. Just, <laughs> just a big old Louie because they were in such a heated enemy-like argument. And the guy that got spit on said, oh, he just kind of, he didn't go anywhere. He didn't, he didn't fight back. He didn't punch back. He just asked kindly, I forgot my handkerchief. Would you have one, possibly? And the guy that spit on his face said, oh, I, I, I guess I do. I, I guess I do. <laughs> and one act of kindness in the midst of all that hate and enmity, so I'll go, I have to sleep. And he looked to the left and he said, oh, dude, is that your bike? Is that like a Harley 480 or a four foot? I don't know bikes. <laughs> and the guy said, yeah, it is. I, I, I bought it like six months ago. And all of a sudden they started yakking and talking and, and within a while, what do you think happened between these two men? It's not up on a slide, but this is what I want to end with. With regards to loving your enemies, remember this. You can go to all kinds of chunks of scripture where the proof of the pudding and how God operates is God's love when shown, especially to those that we don't want to show them to, that don't deserve it in any way, shape, or form, God loves, God's love seems to, seems to untangle what needs to be untangled in our hearts. One act of kindness can untangle a ton of hate, a ton of opposition, a ton of bitterness, so, my encouragement is that we would learn to interact with God's word in honest and authentic and real ways. And I apologize for having gone so long. Let me pray. The band's going to come up. There's going to be a little time of reflection and I hope some worship.
Father, I grieve that time got a little away from me, but I just ask that you would allow for uh, the time that we were able to spend here in your word to bless us in such a way that we can give language to what your word does in our hearts, in our lives, and not only in us, but through us. I want to thank you for the students that shared how it is that uh, by your spirit you are asking them to respond. I pray that that would be true for all of us. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the fact that you are eager for us to learn from it as we spend some time in reflection and in worship. Help us to actively invite you more and more into our lives. Father, bless each one of these students, each one of the people in in this room. Help us to follow you more closely, more devotedly, more real. In Jesus' name, amen.